Stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, visit www.3cr.org.au. Brainwaves. Hear the world differently. Tune in to 3CR Community Radio Wednesdays at 5pm for Brainwaves, Melbourne's drive-time radio show. Giving voice to people with mental illness. One in five have a mental illness, but five in five can enjoy this great program featuring heartwarming stories, great information and some laughs as well. Find us at 3CR. 8.55 on your AM dial. Sponsored by Mental Illness Fellowship of Victoria. Welcome listeners, you're listening to Brainwaves on 3CR 855 on your AM dial. This week we've got a special program for you. MI Fellowship has been supporting young people in collaboration with Headspace Collingwood to bring you a special series of Brainwaves programming. This series will focus on creating a platform for young people to engage and advocate about their experiences of mental health with the community. This week's dynamic programming will explore the perspectives of two young people, Cherie and Chris. In part one, Cherie will discuss experiences with mental health sector and provide strategies for help seeking in what can be a very complex system of care. In part two, Chris will explore the relationship between mental health, sexuality and gender identity. What is it like to be a young person tackling these complex and interrelated issues? Courage to create experiences in the face of messages we get from the world around us will shine in this program. Take it away, guys. Um, So Cherie is a 25-year-old proud Queenslander in love with Melbourne. Cherie has been fighting depression and borderline personality disorder since her early teens and has experiences navigating through various mental health services. She is a hands-on hard worker in the transport and logistics industry and loves showing off her skills on the forklift. She aspires to work with youth in the future. Accessing mental health services can be hard at the best of times, Sheree, especially when you don't understand the system or its rights, of course. Yeah. What did it look like when a service did a good job supporting you? Hey, Chris. Um, well, back when I was 15, I had a lot going on in my head. I was rather lost, rebellious and lacking direction. I wasn't at school anymore either, often running away from home, drinking, chroming and roaming around the streets day and night. Numerous run-ins with the law. So my friend mentioned this youth centre called KYC, which stands for Kids Youth Community in Caboolture, Queensland. That's where I was living. It was set up for Indigenous youth going through tough times with whom many affected by mental health issues and substance abuse. So they took me in with open arms and I was assigned a youth worker to talk to whenever and wherever I needed. She really helped me throughout the years with many challenges I was facing. Taught me how to cope with problems in a positive way and in times of need was always just a phone call away. They'd also supply food or clothes or beauty products when in need. KYC had many programs throughout the day to keep us focused and occupied, starting with a bus run in the mornings to pick us up. They made breakfasts and lunches, um, many programs, maths and English with tutors, work programs designed to get us ready for work, create resumes, prepare for jobs. Got many of us full-time work. That's actually how I got my forklift licence. They had music programs, ran camps, and had a pool table at the centre. Beforehand, I had no idea how to play pool properly or even how to hold the cue. Um, the workers taught me, and before you know it, I was a pro. Uh, the KYC workers also represented many of us if we had court appearances with writing support letters and made sure we remembered our dates to the court cases. They also had this very important after-hours program where they'd work 24-hour shifts called Outreach. 
And what that involved was working with police. So if a youth was in trouble with the police, KYC workers would get called. They'd come collect us and save them from criminal charges and a night in the watch house. So they would then either drive them home or to a safe place. If they didn't have that, they would sleep at KYC for the night until sorted with friends, family or shelters. They'd also drive around at night in the KYC buses or their cars, just checking if youth were safe and had somewhere to go. If not, they'd go back to KYC. So in many ways, the workers there were like superheroes to, um, to us all, letting us know we weren't alone and just always being there when we needed them. Always just a phone call away and we knew that. So through their help and guidance, I like to believe I became a stronger, wiser, better version of myself. And if it wasn't for KYC and everyone there, I honestly don't know where I would have ended up. That sounds like a really lovely service. I'm really glad that you had that um, for you when you needed it. I understand that things don't always go to plan when trying to get help or support though. Also, just because you're with a service doesn't mean it's necessarily the best fit for, yeah. and for your needs. Can you tell us a time this has affected you? Yeah, right. Well, this was like back in 2011. I'd previously been in and out of mental health facilities. So I dealt with many doctors and mental health professionals. So I had quite an understanding as to the appropriate way of being dealt with and spoken to by many health doctor, mental health doctors. I had an appointment with a psychiatrist to be re-diagnosed. Um, he was a male and first I wasn't too keen on that fat. I would have felt more comfortable with a woman but I pushed all negative thoughts out of my head and told myself he's here to help you don't judge. So I went in, sat down and started telling about myself and how my line of work has previously been labouring factory and I enjoyed forklift operating. He looked quite surprised when I mentioned that. So I went on to say I'm a tomboy and I love that about myself. It's who I am, not what I am. I then mentioned how I'd recently cut my hair short and was loving it. I felt It felt so right. He then looked at me strangely again, yeah, and I ignored him and went on to say I'd like to get back into work, save up some money, then finish 11 and 12. I then noticed he had stopped writing things down and was looking me up and down as to try and figure me out by my appearance. I had a few tattoos. He then asked me, do you think you get tattoos to punish yourself? That spun me out, yeah, because I've never been asked that one before. I told him, no, they all have some meaning to me. He then asked, do you think the way you present yourself puts you in a position? Shocked again, I was like, dude, I'm wearing a singlet and three-quarter pants. I don't understand what you're getting at. My problems are inside, not on the outside. Let's focus on that, yeah. He then went on to tell me I should be studying and have I ever tried cooking or cleaning as a job. He And he was basically just grilling me on everything I wasn't, going against everything I'd previously told him about myself. So at this stage, I realised something was seriously wrong with his methods and wasn't helping me at all. He was just winding me up as each second passed. So I then put my head down and calmly asked him to leave the room, find someone else to help me because I didn't want to deal with him anymore. He ignored my request and I started to continuously, he started to continuously call my name and try to get me to look up at him. At this stage I started to get a bit of a panic attack and very aggravated with him. I jumped up and gave him a piece of my mind, ran out the building in tears and I actually ran all the way to KYC when my worker, Alandra, calmed me right down. That's good that you able to be calmed down from that awful incident. It seems yeah. like there's still stigma in the industry. What do you think would um, make could make services better? Uh, well, from my experiences so far, what I feel is we have a lot of these people who are able to study and or have possibly had privileged lives to do so that go into uni, learn psychology through a book. So that doesn't necessarily mean that they are able to work with people affected by mental health illnesses whom they may not be familiar with and or have lived completely different lifestyles. So therefore, 
their advice may be totally off or not fully registered to these people they're trying to help or treat. So what I think would make a great difference is more importance in providing opportunities for people with lived experiences through training and employment in that sector. And also just because one service didn't work for you doesn't mean another won't. So don't give up on getting help, yeah, because it's out there and in time you'll find your fit. Mm. Have um, your past struggles been helpful to you in the present in any way? Uh, well, I think, yeah, because uh, for a long time there, I felt my problems weren't irrelevant or weren't necessarily worth talking about. And half the time I felt um, someone out there was much more hard, hard done by me, than me. So I used to bottle things up a lot, yeah. But I learnt in time after talking things out with the right person suited to me that I did in fact have issues that were quite serious and worth letting out that were affecting me in a dramatic way. So with all that, I learnt more about myself and became less violent and impulsive when in distress and to not rule out my own problems just because you don't think you're worth it or it'll change anything. Because it really does and with talking it out, you can learn ways to cope and adjust with your illnesses. Um... It makes such a massive change, yeah, and all in time things can get better. So now I'm getting great support from Headspace here in Collingwood and I know I'm on the right path. Mm. It's really, really great to hear you. Sorry, Cherie. Thank you for sharing with us. No Absolutely. I, um, I really think it's important that people know that you can actually talk up with professionals if you think that you're being treated badly or seek an advocate to talk on, on yeah, your no, behalf. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. I'm glad it worked out for you. Um, yeah, I got down there. If you or someone you need, know needs support, you can find help at eheadspace, www.eheadspace.com eheadspace.org.au or visit your local Headspace Centre. Alternatively, you can call MI Fellowship's helpline 9 to 5 on 8486 4222. Uh, now we're going to take a quick break for a brief message from our brainwaver Kate. Hi, have you experienced psychosis? Are you over 18? We're looking at new approaches to mental health and would like your help. SMART is a research project looking at how electronic resources can support conversations between mental health consumers and workers. We are offering our services either face-to-face -face or over the internet. It is being led by Swinburne University in partnership with a range of clinical and community mental health services. If you're interested in getting involved, please call us on 92145304 and leave your contact details or email us at smartonline at swin.edu.au. Thanks, Kate. Uh, if you've just joined us, you're listening to Brainwaves on 3CR 855 AM. We're talking with a couple of lovely young people from Headspace Collingwood. Uh, now we're going to hear a bit more from Chris about your experiences. Chris is a 22-year-old who identifies as genderqueer and bisexual. Also has lived experience with autism and bipolar. Chris is a film student who also enjoys writing, singing, the sciences and being involved in the community. So for those who are unfamiliar, could you please describe your orientation and gender identity? Um, so I um, identify as genderqueer and I, um, I'm fairly new to being public about it. Um, being genderqueer um, means that you don't identify in the gender binary of male or female. Um, and being your gender identity is um, what uh, 
is essentially what you identify on the inside, like as inside as a person, not what your external features are. There, um, you can externally affirm it through different ways, but um, it is at heart like what you are on the inside. Um, and yeah. my sexuality identifies bisexual, um, which means to me being um, potentially um, attracted to all genders. Um, yeah. I, I see it as being attracted to more than one. So rather than just two. Yeah. Yeah. So what would what is the difference between your orientation and gender identity for those yes. who might not um, understand? Um, with um, sexuality, um, it, orientation, it uh, means um, who um, about it's referring to other people you're attracted to and like what their genders are and what they identify as and if you um, can be attracted to that, so who they are. But like gender identity is how you identify with yourself and just it's just your own um, self and um, not to do with anyone else. Yeah. Hmm. A lot of evidence shows lesbian, gay, bisexual, transsexual and intersex young people have poorer mental health than the general population. Can you explain this through experiences you've had, Chris? Um, for me, um, with, a, with, with the sense um, of being um, genderqueer, is that it's something that's very little known, especially um, and just became more known um, in the last few years. So there's a very big lack of knowledge in the sector um, and like general world about it. Um, so I didn't know about it until relatively recently in my life that I like, oh, it existed and like, oh, that could be me. Um, <laughs> so I thought I had to fit in this binary of only being female because I knew it wasn't male. Um, and that um, caused a lot of conflict in me because I wonder, because it didn't fit for me so much, I had to kind of escape from it in some way and try to figure out a way to make it sit well with me, but because it really wasn't. Um, it eventually led to me um, developing an eating disorder through uh, on and off throughout my teens um, and try and, uh, try and like come to terms of it with my, my body, my, my outside body with my inside identity. Um, but I first realised that being seen being seen as female didn't sit well with me when someone told my unhealthy underweight self with concern that I was starting to look like one of those catwalk models and I felt really frustrated that what I thought were efforts to be less feminine was perceived as the opposite. Um, so um, I'm glad that was a bit of a wake-up call to um, that what I was doing wasn't really able to accomplish what I set out to do which was good but um and eventually yeah led me to learn about what identity identities were um with my um orientation um I have had uh some rejection in natural queer community about it like not being a um in high school I wasn't accepted into their uh um LGBTI um group because um or lg this just gay group because um you know i'm bisexual with a boy with a boyfriend i'm not like queer enough for that um so uh, i'm glad that nowadays it's definitely a lot more accepted now especially with the efforts of places like minus 18 and white gender they're um really um accepting of lots of diversity nowadays and um i'm really glad that they're out there for young people um in schools, so I'm glad I don't have to, no one else who have really have had that experience anymore. Um, yeah, must have been quite difficult for you. Mm. Um, 
What have been some valuable experiences or strengths you have developed through your lived experiences? Um, I feel that uh, with my identity, it's given me a lot of empathy because uh, over the years I had to try and fit into this box that I wasn't. So I had to really observe all these other people um, trying to figure out, all right, I need to do this thing and that thing to become more this or more that. Um, and um, so I it let so I had to get inside other people's heads of who I actually wasn't identifying with. So it um uh, give me a moment. Right, <laughs> yeah. Um, I so I went to. Oh, sorry, I've lost my thought. It's a complex <laughs> issue, isn't it, when you've got identifying with something being really strong, but then mm. also moving away from from certain ideas of what what you know gender is or what sexuality is as well. Mm. I think we need to be moving towards just accepting people. For yeah, people they... and people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> normality, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yes. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Second that quote. <laughs> Chris, are there any other strengths that you, you can really identify in yourself now and say, yeah, this I've come through a baptism by fire mm. and these are the, these this is what's made me. These are my mm. strengths. It's yeah, it's given me a lot of tendency. Like, um, yeah, now I feel a lot more confident in being the the complete like color bomb in the room um and um i yeah and it's it means i'm more likely to have to be the one with the voice to be the one um just to go out and do something and not uh, you know other people's opinion yeah Yeah, just own it um, other people's opinions be damned um (laughs) yeah good on ya um, how do you think people could be better allies and what message would you give to any listeners who have had similar experiences? Mm. Um, I believe it's really important as an ally to um, listen to us um, and understand we have a really wide variety of experiences um, and that other people, other people, yeah, everyone's different. Like me, my identity, agenda queer is different from someone else's. Um and also, yeah, that there's resources to educate yourself as well. Um, like I mentioned before, I'm minus 18. There's also resources at Headspace um, and also other places online as well. Um, do, um, yeah, ask us. If you don't know about things, like if you don't know what the name we prefer or the pronouns we prefer, it's okay to ask. Like it's better to ask than to assume because um, assumptions is what really um drag us down and lead to um like transphobia and homophobia so don't be afraid to offend but nothing it, it get a better asking, understanding asking isn't offensive though like it's just you know mm, wanting yeah, to be kind think yeah so, so they it, it depends around it yeah. so to speak like um i uh yeah i guess it just depends how you ask you know you're like um like say if you go up to someone and be like Oh, you he or she? What are, what are you? Yeah, like that's not the right approach. <laughs> that's, not yeah. the, that's not the way you go and ask. Like, yeah, going by assumptions, like you know, about like oh, make up your mind or whatever. Like that isn't going to yeah get get make any progress for anybody. Um, and depend, anyone in the same position is about um, do find you. There is a place for you that 
you meet like-minded people and you can find support and you can also find it in fairly unlike seemingly unlikely places like I found really great allies in when I've recently rejoined scouts um which you think oh it's scouts it seems just a bit of a sausage fest but um (laughs) (laughs) but um it's um but like it's really the place I'm with they're really not that at all and they're really um attentive to asking all right what do I prefer we really want to make this a really safe space for everybody and we try really hard and um it's been it's been really wonderful and um I did also get lots of uh some like safe spaces for us around and you just need to like look and it they do come and you can find them. And how did the other scout members react, Chris? Mm. Um, they just accepted. They're like, hey, I said, hey, I'm Chris. And they're like, yeah, sure. Like, it just they just go. They don't go and think why or, like, um, they don't uh, invade. They, they just uh, – and when I am comfortable to talk about it, I will talk about it. Um, because yeah, don't, I don't ask in basic questions about like, you know, what, what, what like say my, my genitalia isn't really relevant to you <laughs> for, yes. yeah, yeah for example. I guess mm. we'll know when LGBTI issues have kind of, you know, reached their, their pinnacle in society of acceptance when we don't need to have a coming out process anymore. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Or well, we don't need it to. It is what it that. is. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Exactly. Like at the moment I do, yeah, have to still come out all the time, but it's. And Chris, we've got a few minutes left. Um, I was really interested to hear about um, the impact of your orientation, gender identity on your mental health. Mm. And you spoke about um, an eating disorder and trying to change your body Mm. to fit with your identity. Could you speak a little bit more to people out there who may be experiencing similar issues about what some of the mental health issues have been? Mm, I guess like, because there is that conflict about that you're this otherness and you're not normal so um that you're something that needs to be fixed or that like you there's even you spit at miss there is that misnomer that's still unfortunately out there about um uh it's actually like you have mental health problems which makes you um have a different gender or or orientation than you so-called should have like when it's actually well you're on high risk of it because of discrimination to the lgbti community um Mm. yeah so it's about um if you find yeah spaces where you feel safe then it is it does help your mental health immensely um i can tell from my personal experience it did take me a little while to find those spaces but um, I'm really glad that I did, as well as like yeah, finding um, uh, like mental health um, resources and um, places that um, also um, accept it as well. Because um, yeah, if they, because of course, if um, I have, I haven't yeah, I've never had, I haven't had a um, negative experience thankfully with my. Um, with any psychologists or counsellors I've seen regarding my orientation or my identity, which is good. Um, but then again, I have been relatively close about it because of, say, my experience in high school, which is unfortunate. But um, I, but I'm glad that. Um, but yeah, like finding places where 
you can be you is um and could yeah. you tell us a little bit about that process of finding that safe space i'm assuming this is with really supportive warm accepting people mm. for people out there who young people who may experience the same issues how do they go about finding those safe spaces i um, I, I know that there's many networks out there there's a place called um there's a phone line called switchboard there's, there's this booklet that I found, um, and I think it's also a website called the Rainbow Network. Um, and there, you can also find resources, yes, see, through um, lots of other mental health services. They have, um, you know, you'll obviously like the posters on the walls and all that sort of stuff. But um, I guess uh, it's, um, and like I say, there's a thing I did recently um, was say this uh, art, I'm part of this art studio called Artful Dodgers, which also has um, inclusive spaces there as well. Um, there's so there's also there's they're all there's lots of little little places dotted around, and you just um you keep going to them and bit by bit it um makes you stronger in on the inside as well. It's um, interesting that there's not like a big like online categorized categorized list of these places at mm. a thing like Headspace or yeah. like a youth space. I mean, uh, my cousin is trying to organize an APS, a, a psychology mm. specialty event for clinicians to learn a bit more about LGBTI mm. practice. Um, and all they've got is recommendations to the Northside Clinic and mm. maybe minus eighteen, and they they're scratching their heads. It's shocking. Yeah, like I think if you look go, if, I guess the problem. Yeah, if you go to Northside and minus 18, then from there you can find lots of awesome other places because mm. because they're like the main hubs. Yeah. But they don't really want to go into the big details. I guess because things chop and change all the time, you know, with community funding and this and that. So it can be a bit difficult and also because they're very local things as well. But um, but there's also other things like there's Facebook groups. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, if you Googled Facebook groups and I've, like recently I got invited to there's this uh, – um, like gender queer casual meetup thing at like uh-huh. this cafe. I think I'm pretty sure I'm going to go to, and it looks really fun. And people and like they purposely making it. This is something to go to that's not political. You're just mm. going there and being yourself and talking and just being fine. Yeah, I found one similar on uh, mental health on Facebook mm. and, and Reddit. So they're definitely resources worth checking out. Yeah. Um, thanks for that. Uh, thank you both, Chris and Cherie, for sharing your stories with us today. No worries. I've certainly learned a lot, and I'm sure our listeners have. Too. Uh, once again, if someone you know needs support, you can call the MIF hotline on 84864242. Thanks for listening to a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We rely on the financial support of listeners like yourself to keep going. If you'd like to support diverse voices on your radio, go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online.